Hello and welcome to Behind the Bearcat. This is the podcast where the Northwest Missouri State University Career Services Office chats with Northwest faculty, staff, students, alumni, and friends to hear about their career journeys, how they got to where they are, and how they became Bearcats. I'm Northwest Internship Coordinator Travis Klein. And I'm Hannah Christian, Assistant Director of Career Services here at Northwest. And today's guest on our podcast, the editor-in-chief at The Missourian. Um, She is from Kansas City originally and is a multimedia journalism major going to graduate uh, at the end of this semester. Please welcome Rachel Adamson. Welcome. Fireworks. (laughs) Thanks. All right. Welcome, Rachel. Uh, It's great to have you as a guest on here. Uh, I can't believe we have flinging around. We should have Rachel on the show, but you know, we've been kind of waiting. And then um, when we have student guests, they, they leave so quickly. If you're, if you're a staff member here, um, you know, we kind of have some time to schedule you, but as a student, we got to kind of catch you while the time is right. Um, So can you tell us what is a multimedia journalism major? What does that encompass? Yeah, well, thanks for having me on the show. You know, it's okay that I'm going to graduate in mix. I feel like I've gathered all the information kind of so I can give a little bit more. Um, But multimedia journalism is the university's way of being able to incorporate photography, video and writing all into one major. So that's what I am studying. Awesome. Did you come to Northwest knowing about that major? um, and, And what were your plans? Yes, I did come to Northwest specifically for the um, student publications. It was a little bit, I didn't really search a whole lot for colleges. My sister was going here. She's my um, twin. So she was coming here on a running scholarship and heard really good things about student publications. So I actually, I applied to work for the newspaper and the yearbook both before I even visited. And so my first like college visit technically was just job interviews. And so that's pretty much like, I got those jobs and was like, okay, well, I'm going here then. Wow. So were you involved in high school in publication? Like take me all the way back to like the beginning of Rachel. Has that always been kind of a passion of yours? I would say I was definitely the newspaper nerd in high school. I got involved when I was a freshman. I just really liked it and did yearbook and newspaper there. And then decided to do that in college. My newspaper advisor gave me a lot of crap for you know, picking Northwest over Mizzou. But yeah, so I, I learned about it and really started enjoying it in high school. Once again, let's stay back there in young Rachel land. Uh, it's a career focused show. So uh, can you tell us as far as work, getting paid for work that you were doing, what was your very first job? Oh, gosh, I guess I do have a firing story similar to Andrew's because, <laughs> well, my first job job um, Side note, my dad owns like a family campground in Southwest Missouri. So I've always kind of worked there, but not working for my parents. My first job was at Scooters Coffee in Gladstone. Um, and I also work at Scooters in Maryville now, but I did uh, get fired from that Scooters for not going to a mandatory meeting. But, um, you know, I was in high school as I think a sophomore, so pretty young. Yeah, some of us, we, you know, we take those hits, you know, yeah. your sophomore Learning high school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I remember the last thing my manager said, she was like, you know, if you miss this meeting, you're never going to be able to work for scooters again. And I was like, okay, you know, that's fine. There's a ton of coffee shops, ton of other jobs. And then they didn't even question it when I applied to the Maryville one. So I don't, I don't really think they communicate like that, but. <laughs> that's a pretty high level of communication to coordinate that across <laughs> all branches, franchise wide. Right. 
all the scooters blacklist. Rachel yeah. Adamson yeah. on the scooters blacklist. Your picture's up in the back room of everyone <laughs> across the country. So Missed mandatory meeting. Yep. Talk to me about working at scooters, though. What did you do and what did you learn as a young employee? Um, you really just made coffee drinks. And I think at that time, I don't really remember a whole lot about the actual job I was doing. I just remember the girls I worked with there and thinking they were all so cool because they were older than me and just kind of looking up to them a little bit. And I was, I think, the youngest employee that they had there. So I really just remember talking to them and one of them being like, oh, yeah, I'm going to a concert tonight with one of my friends. Like, I was like, oh, is your mom going? Are your parents going with you? And she's like, um, absolutely not. So I don't know. I just remember just learning about them and talking to them a whole lot was what I really liked. I didn't stay there for too long. I was there for, I think, three months. I did swim and track and stuff in high school. So it was hard to balance both. So once you quit from you quit scooters, did you what did you go? Where did you go from there? I worked as a lifeguard over the summers. I didn't get another job during the school year, though. I'm always interested when we talk to journalism students, was writing something you've always enjoyed doing? Because that's, I, I think journalism students take for granted that they like to write. And that's something that a lot of young people really, they don't do well and they're afraid to do. And, you know, just to, to be able to do it. So is that something, you know, like in high school, you know, you got involved with the, the yearbook and the newspaper. Did you always like to write or is that something that you kind of had to, you like the idea of journalism and then the writing was another part of it? Yeah, I think I, that's interesting too. I don't think a lot of journalists consider themselves writers um, in some ways, but I have always really liked writing. I remember my mom giving all of my siblings journals when we were little and just wanted us to kind of jot down what we were doing with our days. And so it was just fun to do that. But I also really liked the journalism aspect of talking to people and gathering information. And um, I don't think I really enjoyed the writing portion of it until I got to college. Just jump back to, you were interviewing for jobs at the paper before you even really like visited campus, right? So how did you prepare for those and what jobs did you get? Well, it was a little bit of an accident. I had known uh, one of the girls I worked with on the high school paper was going to school here. She was a freshman at the time um, and she had just sent me the links through the university's website. And so I had applied and I think both of them, well, the newspaper editor, thought that I was currently a freshman in college and going to be a sophomore. And so he was like, oh, you know, just show up at 11 in the basement of Wells. You'll be fine. I was like, okay, got it. Like, I'll be there. Um, And so he didn't know I was going to be a freshman until about halfway through the interview. Um, But then was like, you know, you've been doing it since high school. You've got a pretty good portfolio just coming from high school. You know, it's not Looking back, it wasn't good, but he thought it was good enough for the job. And you fell, you found the Wells basement. So that's kind of step one right there, right? So Right. I was, had no idea what he was talking about. I think my friend ended up walking me there. but Little did you know you'd live there when she came to college. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yep. So what jobs did you uh, get hired for there that first semester? I got hired as a news reporter for the newspaper and then a photographer for the yearbook. As a freshman reporter... What types of things? How did you approach that? I would just get assignments for my news editor and go from there. I think my very first assignment was writing about, you know, the dorm halls have, they just started the competition and all the um, like logos for Milliken and Dietrich and HP and doing all of that stuff. So I just started writing about that. And then I believe my second story or third story was about this fraternity that was coming back to campus. It was supposed to be like a two, three week project I was working on, but 
then the editor was looking through, you know, the pages and what ads had been bought and stuff like that and saw that this fraternity had taken out a full page ad and they were coming back and we had no idea. And so that was like rushed up two weeks. And I would say that was like the first time that I was sitting there like, I think I'm in too deep. I'm a little far in this. I don't know if I can handle it. Um, but they were really supportive about it and helped out a lot. So that's the biggest thing I remember being a new reporter. I think that's pretty rare to be able to jump right in first semester you're here. And you like you say, your second story was kind of a crunch one. So, I mean, what a better way to learn than to be thrown into the fire. And Right. I mean, I read back on it and it's a little cringy, you know, but <laughs> I did it. So... Uh, yeah, the cr- it always looks cringy. You should see us in our podcast episodes. <laughs> cringy, I look back at cringy. stuff I wrote yesterday and cringe <laughs> at it, so I, I feel like that. It just never goes away. So how have you progressed? You're now the editor-in-chief. Tell us about kind of the progression of going from newbie reporter to now senior editor-in-chief. Yeah, I think I was always more focused on the newspaper aspect, um, and yearbook was just kind of fun to get my creative side out in photography. So after I started getting more involved with the newspaper, I kind of got less involved with the yearbook um, and I stopped working for them after my sophomore year was over. But so I worked alongside the news editor quite a bit Um, my freshman year, my second semester freshman year, I believe it was. I got kind of promoted to assistant news editor because she was graduating um, when I was going to be a junior and they wanted me to have some time. Nope, when I was going to be a sophomore, sorry. They wanted me to have some time to be able to sit under her wing for a little bit and learn from her. And then, so I did that all sophomore year. What types of things did you learn sitting under someone who's doing the job? We really had a a pretty good relationship wherein she would make these edits and I would go back and miss something. And she'd be like, this was the edit I made. You missed it. So just learning things of, you know, small details that you don't really think matter a whole lot, unless you're trying to put yourself in the mind of the reader. And then also just communicating with other reporters on staff was a big thing I had to learn about. I always say it's a little funny in mass communication that we're really not that good at communicating with each other. So learning that and still learning that was um, really started when I was sitting under her. Tell me about that. So how do you communicate with your reporters? We have kind of moved a little bit since the pandemic started. I'm like kind of, I always struggle to remember, you know, how did we do this? Pre-pandemic, it was all just, mouth to mouth, like verbal communication, nothing was really taken down, no notes or anything. Um, And we would all just be in the newsroom all the time, just talking, communicating with each other. other. And once the pandemic hit, it was like, gosh, how do we do this? Um, I guess we can use Slack or GroupMe. But yeah, so now we just sit in the newsroom and message each other on Slack. It's a little bit different. (laughs) Slight, slight difference. Yeah. So what does the editor-in-chief of the paper, like, so what does a day look like in the life of editor-in-chief? Well, I can give you my Monday since we're on a Monday. Sounds great. So I also work at Scooters um, and I open on Monday morning. So I've been up since four. No one really gets coffee, you know, it'd be kind of, no one really shows up till 7 a.m. or so. It's a coffee shop, so I have like a couple hours in the morning To get things prepared, we set up our Trello board, which is just a project management board. We do that two weeks out. And then uh, I sent a lot of emails this morning, just communicating staff changes, you know, because we're in college and everyone kind of quits and gets other jobs or we hire new people and have a lot of positions moving around constantly. So sending a lot of emails between our advisor and staff and 
um, just communicating with the section editors, talking about we have practicum tonight. Mondays is when we do a lot of our planning for the paper. So we have some big meetings this evening that just needed to be um, communicated on. So that's what I did for about an hour this morning while no one was at Scooters. And today we have our practicum and content planning. If I'm a freshman and I'm coming in, like there's some jobs available. Maybe if I'm interested in taking pictures or, or working for the paper or you guys constantly have openings, right? To fill if I'm interested in that kind of work. Yeah, it's kind of like there's two ways really to get involved with it. There's a practicum class, which is kind of the prerequisite to work for the paper, but it's not required. Um, and I'm like kind of an example of it's not required to take practicum before you're hired on. So you can either take the practicum class and get class credit for it or work for the paper um, and those applications open up every semester. And for those listening who aren't familiar with the Northwest Missouri, and I encourage you to check out the website. It's it's not just a school paper. It is, you know, it's a really high caliber, nationally recognized college paper, in fact. So you guys always win a bunch of national awards and individual reporters and paper overall. So it's it's a really high quality publication as well, not just a not just a school paper like a high school newspaper necessarily. It's it's a whole different level at, at Northwest. Which leads me actually to a question that's not career related, but the Missourian keeps showing up in my driveway. Talk yes. to me about that. And I love Gosh. it. I am I am loving this. It's kind of it's old school paper boys is what we are, it seems like. Well, we stopped printing when the pandemic hit because of all the uncertainties of, you know, are we going to be able to come on campus and that kind of stuff. Um, and then we spent all of last semester being digital only. So as a way to reintroduce print and make sure everyone was like staying on track with what we're doing and that they know, hey, we're printing again. We came up with the idea to just throw them all into people's driveways. And it stemmed from the last print paper we had back in March 11th when the pandemic first hit and campus was closed. You know, we had ordered all our newspapers and there were no students. So we were like, what are we going to do with 2,500 newspapers? Um, and so we spent, I'd probably say like six hours rolling the newspapers, putting them into the bags, and then throwing them all around the city with kind of no direction. There was like six of us doing it compared to 20 of us doing it now, because um, that was just who was left on campus then. So now our printing press, the news press, they bag it for us, which is way better because our hands were stained, the desks were stained, it was a mess. Um, so they bag it for us now. And then we have routes. We have about 23 routes and everyone does one on staff and they just drive and throw them to the community members. Have you gotten feedback about this? I've gotten both <laughs> on both sides. It's like, do not throw this in my yard ever again to hey, you know, we're so glad print is back. And now it's just in my doorway. I don't have to go on campus or to the gas station to get it. So it does the future look like still delivering hand delivering papers? Can you tell us what the future may look like? You're graduating. So I believe so. We kind of we were doing student media day. I don't know if anyone's familiar with that. But student media day was where we were just standing in the union and kind of shoving papers into students hands. But um, the coronavirus has like stopped that. So we've just been throwing them instead. And I think that will continue next year, at least the people who are replacing um, myself and Andrew, the managing editor, have been like, yeah, it's kind of fun. You know, it's fun to throw them and they have plans to continue doing that, at least for next year. What a great way for freshmen to get to know the Maryville community, too. If they've got a route they've got to do, they'll at least know that part of town. So I know I have a girl on staff that was like, 
I've never seen these houses before. There was an abandoned one. It's so cool. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Well, speaking of graduating, though, and going forward, what are your future career plans? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I had an internship this past summer at the Kansas City Star as the growth intern. And that really just looked like it wasn't news reporting, but it was putting stories out and getting them onto social and kind of pushing things through once a reporter turns them in and pushing them out for people to read. So that's what I spent my summer doing and built a lot of connections there. And I still stay in pretty good contact with the two people I was kind of working under. And one was my mentor and we do have like some coffee virtual hangouts every now and then. So I'm hoping of course to end up back at the star, but you know, I don't know. I just kind of, I can't stay married to one publication or I might end up working at scooters forever. So just kind of applying anywhere. Well, so it was, I'm glad that you brought up the internship. How did you go about searching for your internship? I've always loved the star and I've always wanted, you know, when you're a journalist in Kansas city or in high school, everyone was like, Oh yeah, the star, like it's the New York times of Kansas city or like, they're so great. So I've always wanted to be there. And then I remember applying their application is due in January for their interns and they usually hire them all January through February, but I had not heard a word back. I'd sent several follow-up emails uh, and like through different platforms. And I was telling my high school journalism advisor about it because we, we stay in contact and get tacos occasionally. So I sent her a message. I was like, you know, I haven't heard anything back from these people. I don't know what's going on. I'm probably not going to get the internship. And she messaged the managing editor, I believe she sent him an email and a LinkedIn message. And I think the LinkedIn message was the one that ended up making it to him. And I got the phone call actually on March 11th when we were rolling newspapers from <laughs> the growth, the central growth editor. And we did the interview there. And he was like, I guess they'd had an internship with one of the other people fall through. And so they were looking to hire somebody and it was pretty late in the game. And so then he called me back in about an hour and offered me the position. And it was, yeah, that was pretty much all. It was all virtual, the internship, but they had like a little dinner for the interns where we just had like gone and picked up a meal and chatted in the circle outside for a little bit over the summer. But I remember walking up and the managing editor was like, this is a great story of a person who was persistent and kept emailing us, like didn't stop trying to get in contact. He was like, I only heard about her because her high school yearbook advisor sent me a LinkedIn message. And I was like, shoot, I had no idea how I actually got this job. So that's nice to know. And I think stories in media abound because of the people who were persistent actually being the ones who came out with the job. Maybe not the ones who were the shiniest pennies, really, but the ones who were really sincere and really insistent and really consistent in reaching out. I can think of about a handful of those just right off the top of my head. Um, and Todd Weddle, you know, he has great stories about keeping, being perse- persevering. Tracy Steele as well. Tracy had like five stories about that. Yeah. So the, that was just an incredible, uh, yet another one. I add Rachel's stamp, pin Rachel's to the wall. Yeah. And in media, especially those network connections are so huge. I mean, you you kept in touch with your high school yearbook advisor and then they were able to do that for you. So those people, you know, are really important sometimes too. Right. Yeah. It's all about connections. Rachel, what does it mean to you to be a Bearcat? Oh gosh. I've never thought about this question. I knew you were going to ask me it. I don't know. I've never known college life or being a Bearcat without the Missourian and without Wells Hall. So there was that saying of Rush Wells Hall, it's kind of gone away now, but 
um, where everyone's like, you know, Rushwell's Hall, you'll make your greatest friends there. So I think being a Bearcat for me would probably be about journalism and Wells Hall and learning things outside of the classroom that I would have never gotten to learn without being involved in student media. The ink stains your hands and your desk. (laughs) Yeah. That's a really great though. Honestly, that's a really great visual. Like how, you know, you can sit in the classroom and learn about journalism all day, but how you learn about journalism is rolling up papers and throwing them at people's houses. (laughs) Right. If they don't read it, it's not going to affect them. Right. You can write the best story. And if no one reads it, then. Well, do you have any wisdom or um, words of inspiration? If I'm an underclass, underclass student and I um, looking to try to find a job on campus or if I want to work in media, anything to help me kind of get a leg up there? Yeah, I think just be persistent, you know, like we were just talking about, get involved but you don't have to get involved in everything. If you like something and you like less of something else, like it's okay to step back. And I kind of learned that the hard way, but just getting involved in, you know, everyone is supposed to get their degree in journalism and it's the work that you do outside of your journalism classes. that's going to get you noticed. So I would just say, do what you can, especially in Maryville where there is um, a lot of reporters and journalism already being done to try and come up with something creative and do your own thing. That's good advice. Absolutely. Well, thank you. You know, the Missourian, like I say, is, is a beacon of hope in Northwest Missouri. It's, you know, every Thursday, it's like, that's, I hate Thursdays except for the paper. I'm always excited to read what's in the Missourian. So thank you for, for helping to contribute to that for the last four years. That's true. I love it too. (laughs) And I was super excited, you know, another point of feedback, like I was super excited to see it showing up in my driveway. Like that makes me so happy. (laughs) Well, good. I'm glad you guys like it. It's a lot of fun to throw them. So also at the end of the show, uh, a wide open space for you to share what's on your mind, rant, talk, whatever, whatever. It's open for you. Hmm. Okay. Well, maybe some other advice that I have is if you guys haven't seen It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood and you're going into journalism and you're kind of lacking inspiration or something, you should go watch that movie. When I was on the phone interviewing for the internship at The Star, I really th- I think that's what got me the position because he asked me, you know, why do you want to go into journalism? And I quoted a quote from that movie about how you get the rough draft of history and everything else is rather boring. It doesn't really seem like living at all. And he was like, oh, wow. Wow. That's a good quote. And he said, you know, I'm a little bit speechless. I need a moment to like <laughs> re- recuperate and come up back with more questions. But that movie is really inspiring. And I do think that's what got me an internship at the star. It probably didn't, but I think that it did. It didn't hurt anyway. It was a good bit. It was a good bit of motivation and inspiration. It was a good conversation piece. Yeah. Yeah. If you can make an interviewer speechless, that's usually a pretty good sign. <laughs> we do lots of interviews, Hannah and I both through our job here at Career Services. And yeah, when that happens, that's always a good sign. All right. Well, thank you for being a guest on our podcast, Rachel. Uh, best thank of luck you. to you as you graduate uh, and let us know. When you get that job, I'm, I'm hammering. I'm working on the placement report right now. This maybe is my wide open space. Uh, and we love to hear where students end up. I think maybe students don't realize we work so hard for four years to help you get internships and resumes. Like, let us know when you get that first job. We love hearing about where students end up, you know, in their their first job. If it's at the Star, if it's at another publication, we would love to hear that. We would love to celebrate you. Yeah, thank you. And thank you guys for having me on the podcast. 
Absolutely. Well, that will do it for another episode of Behind the Bearcat. And we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>